For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast, part of the fan-sided podcast network. Here's your hosts, Kevin Daggett and Lee Vowell. And thanks for listening to the 12th Man Rising Podcast. I'm Lee, and with me is the star of the show, Kevin. Kevin, how are you? I'm doing good. So are you excited that the Seahawks uh, actually want it? I'll say this. I've already interrupted myself. That's a great start, right? But um, we we talked the last couple of weeks about how, oh, don't overreact. Well, don't overreact to this game yesterday either. Even though it was a blowout, 27 to nothing Seahawks, it means absolutely nothing. So it's 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 one of those things like, uh, like the mayor in Nightmare Before Christmas where he's so happy and then he turns his head around and he's so sad or whatever. It's like you can't read anything into these games. But... I will say it was nice to see the Seahawks win for once, right? Yeah, it was. And it was, they seemed a little more organized. And I was a little disappointed that, you know, none of the real starters played. But, you know, then you see J.K. Dobbins getting hurt. And you're like, well, I guess that's why they don't play in the preseason. So, um, you know, it's, they just looked more organized. And it, and it was nice to see that. Yeah. And they, I, to me, they came out with a lot more energy. I, I, I love Cody Barton as a player. I think he's fantastic. I mean, I think even like when he's played regular season games like last year, I, I thought he was good when he was in there. He just brings so much energy and speed. But then pairing him with Marquise Blair and Marquise Blair is like when he's on the field, he's like, I mean, he makes mistakes, but he's just I don't know why the guy doesn't play more. He, he's just electrifying when he's out there. He's flying around the field. And when Barton had that sack to kind of set the tone for the whole game, when he had that sack and the forced fumble and then Blair just kind of snatched it out of the air, I think I thought that was awesome. I mean, you could see that in the regular season, right? Oh, yeah, that was great. I mean, like and then, like Wyman said, it's easy to make that play when you don't get blocked. But still, <laughs> I mean, you know, that's he hit him pretty hard and, and uh, Blair was right there. I tell you, the other guy that um, need to uh, maybe – look at playing cornerback is that damn Belair Belair. I mean, that he's so versatile. He might be able to play cornerback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think he could play anything. It, it, yeah. He was, he looks, it's funny though, because he started off as a linebacker, right? Nick Belair. Um, and then before he became a Seahawk, he started as a linebacker in his first year and then he transitioned to fullback and he doesn't really get a lot of reps as a fullback, obviously, but he's a great special teamer made the pro bowl last year. But I mean, when he, I know he's going against backups, but as a linebacker, he looks like he's played the position for 10 years. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's, he was in position. He made, ta- he knows how to tackle. Yeah, that's for sure. Which a lot of guys in the NFL these days don't know how to tackle, but I mean, the guys, the guy's a stud. Yeah. He's, I, do, I like, I like those kind of guys too, because like they'll literally do anything that the team asks them to. And he, and he doesn't, he's done it at a high level. I know it hasn't, it's preseason again, so you can't read too much into it. But like you said, he knows how to, if he hits you, you go down. 
like I haven't I didn't see him miss a tackle this whole preseason when he was playing linebacker the last couple of games. And he looks like he could help out the team if they needed to. I mean, worst case scenario, obviously, Bobby Wagner and Jordan Brooks are all dinged up and can't play. And Cody Barton and Nick Ballore and Daryl Taylor. Of course, Taylor's not really he's more of an edge rusher kind of out there as a linebacker. But let's talk about Taylor, actually. I mean, for a guy who, you know, we, we saw him play at the University of Tennessee and he was he was inconsistent as we've spoken about, but not because of Taylor, but because the team was so God awful. And basically he, he was the only guy out there sometimes, right? (laughs) Playing defense. So, but now that he's just what he is, a linebacker slash edge rusher, I know it's, again, it's preseason, but he looks so fast out there. He looks like he's going to really be productive. You know, the, the more he gets reps on the field, deeper you go in the regular season if he can stay healthy i think he's going to be really good yeah i do too he's 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 lean he's fast he knows he some of those players i mean you can see him dipping to get around those guys to get to get back to where he needs to be and my my fear with him is he's going to be real expensive in a couple of years if we want to keep him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I like it when he and Alton Robinson are out there together. Cause they're just, they're young guys and they're just hungry and they're out there with, I mean, they're, they're similar in a lot of ways. Robinson's a little bit bigger, but, um, but it's nice to see them, them play well. And I, we talked about this too last year. Um, just as far as Robinson, I don't know why he didn't play more last year in his rookie season. Cause every time he's on the field, he does something tackle for loss or, yeah, sack right. or something. Yeah. Last year they'd put him in, he'd make a great play and they'd pull him out. It's like, that's right. what are we doing? I mean, you're doing too much. Good Stay off the field. Exactly. You're doing too much. And then you wouldn't see, you wouldn't see him for three, three exactly. series. It's like, come on, but we'll yeah. see. Yeah, and the playoffs, he hardly played at all. I, I didn't get it. It's like, I mean, he had that, several like the Patriots game the Cowboys game he made big hits late in the game I mean he makes a tackle for loss every game he seems like he's in or it gets a quarterback hit had a sack last night guys just I mean he was a like a fifth rounder sixth round he was late and I think it was because he was kind of you know in college he had a little bit off the field issues early in college and then was a little bit out of position but I think he's a great fit so far for Seattle and we haven't even seen Benson Mayo and Carlos Dunlap. I have high hopes for the season. Um, and I had high hopes even when they were getting blown out in the preseason. So, but one, a couple of players um, I'm worried about Rashad Penny. Well, I'll make this twofold. Rashad Penny doesn't look explosive. Like we were told he was, I mean, maybe things will be different when he's got, but he, he did have some first teamers, on the offensive line playing last night, uh, Damian Lewis is just a beast. Um, but when he was in compared to Alex Collins, Collins looked like the far superior running back. I mean, Collins, he seems like he can ju- he's cutting like he was in, like he was doing it when he was in college. I mean, just the way he moves his quick moves. And I agree. Penny doesn't, he just doesn't look, I mean, he may get cut. I mean, after last night's game, I mean, I thought we'd see more DJ Dallas last night. Maybe it was just kind of like, hey, we're going to see what Collins can do and put him out there. But um, and maybe they say, okay, we've seen enough of DJ. He's going to make the team. But I don't know that Penny has proven himself other than 
it was pretty high draft pick that he's going to make the team. I mean, seriously, Collins just looked so good. Yeah, he looks more athletic. He looks more explosive. In a strange way, it's almost like Rashad Penny has to be happy that Nick Ballore has done so well at linebacker because Ballore was initially penciled in and may still do make the roster this way, but he's initially penciled in as a as a fullback, which kind of takes could take one spot away from the tailbacks. But if Ballore's listed as a linebacker, that opens one more spot up on the for the tailbacks and Penny, I, I think he'll make the team just because he's still fairly inexpensive. And he, what, it feels like 300 years ago, but he showed some explosiveness like that big run he had against the Eagles in the in the regular season. Um, he just doesn't play enough. He just gets hurt too much. And uh, it, I, I thought, and, and it was apples to apples because Collins played against was running behind that same group of offensive linemen that they had last night. And I know it's backups to the, for the chargers for the most part, but Collins again, uh, be running behind that same group of offensive linemen compared to what Penny was doing. He just looked like just, I mean, he had uh, 89 total yards Collins did, and he looked great catching the ball out of the backfield. And Penny had what, like 38. It, there was no comparison. And, and maybe I just don't know how to compare. I mean, the, they Collins had 10 rushes, Penny had seven. Collins had seven catches, which led the team on seven targets, and Penny had one. So maybe they were just weren't using Penny the same way, but he just doesn't look as he runs straight into the line and that's it. Doesn't Collins that one that one play was it fourth down? It's fourth and one, right? And they they were fourth and three or something like that anyway and they and they went for it and they used Belor as the fullback on that one and and Belor made his block but the line got stood up and Collins was able to bounce outside and pick up the first down actually like six yards pick up the first down I don't see Rashad Penny doing that no and I don't I don't I, you know you're talking I'm thinking did they run different plays for I don't even think they ran that you know they they didn't run the plays any different for Penny than they did for Collins. Collins just made more out of them. I, I don't, yeah, I don't know yeah, if he's, I don't know what his deal is. He looks a little heavy, but Collins looks pretty thin. I mean, he looks pretty lean. Yeah, even on that one, I think it was a, there was a penalty called on it, but near the goal line when Collins got the ball, I think it was Freddie Swain had a block in the back or something, which was a awful call, but. Um, on the play itself, Collins actually got through the line, jumped over the defender, and I mean, he just looks a lot more athletic. To me, he's the number two guy as far as the rotation. It's Chris Carson, who's leagues better than anybody else on the team, and then you know he always gets hurt, misses a couple of games or whatever. So somebody's gonna have to step up. At this point, I think it's Alex Collins. I don't think he's Chris Carson, but he's the next best next best option that I think they have. Yeah, I would agree. And, you know, you mentioned that block. I'm, since when is a, a block in a guy straight in his face, a blindside <laughs> block? I don't – they must have changed the rules on that. They I have. missed that one. They did. They changed it for this year. And even that call on Penny, the 15-yard penalty, that was like uh, – technically it's illegal, but I don't know. It's kind of like that – Um, well, it's, it's the we, I don't think we talked about this last week, or maybe we hit on it, but it had nothing to do with the Seahawks. It was the Justin Fields thing where he got annihilated on that uh, on that play from when they were playing the Bills in their second preseason game. 
And the guy comes in. He comes in clean. I guess Jamarco Jones was with the offensive lineman. Did you see that one play where Jones just literally did not move? And I was like, yeah, what are you doing? Is that, that's not the technique, I don't think. But anyway. <laughs> uh, the traffic Fields, cone technique. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but Justin Fields gets annihilated. He's He gets hit. He's faced. The defender comes in. He's facing Fields. And Fields has his head turned looking left because that's where the receiver is. And somebody, uh, several people, oh, that's a cheap shot. He hit him right in, in his chest. But what's yeah. wrong with football nowadays? This stuff is ridiculous. I mean, that's football, right? So It used to be. <laughs> it used to be, yeah. Now it's just, I don't know. And, and we're not that old where it's like, oh, I'm Jim Brown's day, you know? It's But it's still like, whatever. Some some of these calls are just ridiculous. So, um, you know, as, as far as other players who, Penny Hart, he's going to make the team, but to me he doesn't, there's a huge drop off. I thought Eskridge in the short time he was in the game looked really good, made that really good catch in the first half where he kind of left and caught it for 19 yards. And he looked good on the jet sweep, which I think they'll use him quite a bit on that this season, especially in Shane Waldron's offense. Um, but after you get past, you know, Metcalf, Lockett and Eskridge, Swain's okay, but there's a big difference, big drop off. Penny Hart's going to make the team because he's a special teamer. I think, but he doesn't look like he's going to produce all that much. He's not David Moore, which sounds weird, but he's not David Moore, right? No, and I agree. I mean, the good thing is, is we got Lockett and Metcalf. Um, those guys are, are pretty good. And then, and then Eskridge, as he, he looked so nervous when he first came in the game yesterday, but then he, you know, got it together after a minute, but boy, he looked nervous and anxious and hey well I'm, here i am but which was was kind of cool to see but you know if they could you know i don't know the josh gordon thing but if they could um if they clear him or whatever and they could get him on the team that would be definitely a step up from uh the next guys in line yeah exactly um i mean there's there's all that group of running or uh, receivers all together, you know, Cody Thompson, Aaron Fuller, Kate Johnson. I thought Kate Johnson looked um, looked pretty good in second preseason game. It, he looks like he's just as good a receiver as Hart. And I think Johnson and Fuller can return punts. I, I don't know. Um, it's just I don't have a lot of faith in the receiving core after you get past those first three. And somebody's going to get hurt or dinged up in the season. They're going to need that fourth or fifth receiver to come in and actually be productive. And I, I'm with you. I hope they reinstate Josh Gordon soon. Um, who knows? Maybe there's a trade out there for Rashad Penny. Maybe that's why they're kind of using him but not overusing him in the preseason. And they're just – maybe he goes to Baltimore, right? I didn't I didn't hear until the game had started that Baltimore had lost their their tailback, but they obviously need a tailback. Maybe they trade Penny to heck. Maybe they trade Collins back to Baltimore. But anyway, maybe they trade. no <laughs> don't trade Collins. <laughs> but maybe they trade. Maybe that's why he got more use last night. They're just kind of showcasing him. But um, but with Penny, I mean, maybe they they trade him. I don't know what you get back for him, but that first round pick, you'd hate to give up on this early, but. I don't know. He's, I don't know. Maybe you get something back for him. But, uh, you know, Robert Nkemdiche, I mean, he hasn't played all preseason. I've heard he, you know, we everybody heard how good of a training camp he was having at the beginning. And then he just hasn't played, and which is the same thing he always does. So, 
I don't know. But um, you know what Enkem DJ probably needs is a little bit of manscaping. You might need some of that. And, you know, summer's the, the thing script says summer's coming, but summer's almost over. It's at least here. So, you know, and you still need this thing even when the summer's not around. But but um, if you're ready to unveil your beach pod, you're in luck. Our friends Manscaped just launched the fourth generation performance package, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right. 4.0. Complement your summer bod with trim from the leaders in male grooming. The sun is shining and calling your name, fellas. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for a hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. It's time to bundle up the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. First off, the new Performance Package 4.0 includes a Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is insane, and dare I say, the goat of ball trimmers. Yeah, I said it. The fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multi function on off switch can engage a travel lock and gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for some precise, for a more precise shave. Did I mention this trimmer's waterproof too? In the shower or in the wild, and from your chest pubes all the way down to your ball fro, the Lawnmower 4.0 is the best trimmer for you. Want to take your grooming game even further to the next level? The Performance Package 4.0 includes the Weed Whacker to chop your worst weeds up top in your nose and ear. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor powered 360 degree rotary dual blade system the nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin safe technology which helps prevent nicks snags and tugs in those delicate holes seal the deal with manscapes liquid formulation before heading outside use crop preserver ball deodorant to keep you on your game in the heat then after trimming the lawn and weed and whacking the weeds in the heat give your beach balls a boost and use crop reviver Manscaped then threw in two free gifts for their performance package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxer, Boxers, and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. Get 20% off with free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Escape the shrubs and weeds this summer and shine with Manscaped. I still need to get that weed whacker. I still, the one I have currently is not very good. And <laughs> and as we've discussed, I think my hair is is leaving the top of my head and entering the rest of my body and my face. So I need to need falls to, on your falls on your face and sticks. That's right. Comes starts coming out my ears and my nose. I think that's why it recedes somehow. I don't really have a brain, so it just must go straight through that cranium part. So um, uh. You know, we'll we'll get to do a couple more things before we close this out. But one is to to look at the offense um, and kind of talk about that next week. Next week, there's no preseason game. It's the I guess it's lack of a better phrase. It's the bye week between the preseason 
in the regular season, which starts in two weeks. Um, roster cuts have to be done by Tuesday, but uh, rumor has it that a lot of teams who have already played um, will trim their start trimming their rosters today and tomorrow. So if you start hearing rumors about Seahawks uh, trimming players, it's because they can do that. They just have to finalize it by Tuesday. It's a little different from, I guess, previous seasons because the Seahawks seem like they always waited well after other teams had announced who made the final roster to announce who made their final roster. But I think this year might be a little bit different with the way that there's only three preseason games and a whole bye week in between the preseason and the and the regular season. So it'll be interesting. I think we'll see a lot of names come out in the next couple of days just to see who's no longer a Seahawk. And then the practice squad players will get signed after that. And, you know, I, I think we know who the quarterbacks are going to be, right? Russell Wilson and Geno Smith. But I thought Sean Mannion, yes, he's going against backups. And I would never want the guy to be the you know, full-time starter for Seattle. But I thought in the last couple of preseason games, he's looked okay. Yeah, he, he does all right. I mean, again, it's preseason, but, you know, he's a serviceable guy. He, um, yeah, I don't, well, they put him on the practice squad. I mean, they're not going to keep him yeah. on the roster, are they? Yeah, I think they'll just keep the two quarterbacks per usual. But I think Mannion, since he played, with the Rams when Sean Shane Waldron was still there as a passing game coordinator is a good fit. And I think he's not going to be picked up by any other team probably. So yeah, I think they signed him to the practice squad. Hopefully you have to have a quarterback for the practice squad and they already let Magoo thankfully go because turnover machine, same thing with Dom Wood Anderson. We talked about that last week. They cut him immediately. Almost. I mean, penalty <laughs> machine immediately after, Immediately after this podcast was recorded. Yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, because you know Pete <laughs> listens to us, right? And he's like, well, they don't like I him. Know. So <laughs> we need to sign everything. Something will happen, you know, today or tomorrow that'll be like, if they just waited a little bit longer, we could have talked about it on the podcast. Um, like but it's signing far, Dwayne Brown. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Dwayne Brown and Quandary Diggs will both be extended <laughs> over the next couple of days. Josh Gordon will be reinstated and they'll sign him. Richard Sherman will come back. All this will happen immediately after we end the podcast. Um, because that's how it happens. But uh, with the with running backs, um, according to Bob Condota of the Seattle Times, who obviously we trust, he does have uh, five running backs being kept. Carson, Penny, Homer, Dallas, and Collins. It's funny. Homer is going to stick around. You know he's going to be a Seahawk for like 15 years and never actually do much on the field. But he's such a good blocker and does, like, I don't know. Even when he's returning kicks, he's not that exciting. It's just really weird. But I guess he's just one of those solid guys who you never have to overpay. But I don't know. To me, if that is the rotation, it needs to be, at this point, Carson, Collins, Penny, I guess. I mean, Dallas offers just as much as Penny does, versatility-wise. So I, I see all those. He has uh, Josh Johnson being cut, which, yeah. The tight end room is uh, Colby Parkinson. Parkinson, because of the way the new uh, collective bargaining agreement works, is Parkinson has to basically be, even if he's hurt, he has to be on the active 53-man roster when it's announced. Otherwise, he's free to leave to go to a different team. But if he's on the, if he's on that initial roster, then they can place him on IR for three weeks and bring him back after that. But he's been practicing, I think, right? So, yeah. 
Um, yeah. But they have Everett Disley and Parkinson, and then cutting Cam Sutton. Everything. Every time I see Cam Sutton, I'm thinking the guy from Tennessee isn't he a cornerback for the Steelers? So am I. And I'm like, <laughs> I wish that guy was on our team. Oh my God, I wish <laughs> that guy was on our team. That would the be other awesome. Cam Sutton. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the other, the other, the other white meat. He's actually, yeah. but that's that's the commercial. So uh, receiver. Uh, they've got Lockett, or Candota has Lockett, Metcalf, Eskridge, uh, Swain, and Hart, and Thompson, Fuller, Johnson, Weddington. Uh, actually, Derice Robertson actually played pretty well last night. But um, I, I think Full, I think Fuller was on the practice squad last year, right? And then yeah. Kate Johnson. I think both those guys end up being on the practice squad. But I don't know, man. I'm just like like you mentioned. After, you know, bringing Josh Gordon back would solidify the number three, at least, or number four spot. If they get, who would you let go, though, Swain or Hart, if they actually got Gordon back? Uh, I don't know. I like Freddie Swain a little better than Hart for some reason. I mean, it's just, I don't, not really anything, but I just, I just like, I'd, I'd keep Swain. Yeah. And it feels safe when he's back there returning punts. I don't feel like he's – Yeah. he may not do a whole lot with them, but at least he, he's sure-handed and catches the ball. And he did it at Florida too. So, so yeah, I, I agree. Oh, one player we haven't talked about since the first preseason game when he started off horribly is Stone Forsythe. I guess the fact that we haven't said his name is a good sign. Maybe he's actually doing pretty well out there. Yeah, I, hopefully. I, and I think that – I don't think he's ready to be the guy yet. That's, you know, why they got to get, get Brown back in there. So at least he can mentor him. You know, hopefully he'll be the guy in the future, but um, I just think he's, he's too green to put in there right now. And on that, on that side of the ball, you know, that blind side tackles just a, you got to have somebody in there. That's, that's pretty, pretty damn confident and, and knows what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. Um, Ethan Posick and Kyle Kyle Fuller are the centers on Condota's list. To me, Posick isn't going to be cut, but he could be one of those surprise cuts because he's always going to get hurt. He's been hurt all preseason. Fuller, if if you were the starting center for a year, and even though you got injured a little bit through the year and then came back and finished the year as a center, and you're still going into the next year in a a battle for your spot. That means you're not that good, right? I mean, Postic should have it sealed. Yeah, he should. And I, I, I mean, Fuller's done a pretty good job in the preseason, so I don't, you know, he may get the spot. I don't know. I mean, yeah. and he's a, you know, he's a real center too. So, you know, we'll see. But yeah, that, that's true. Um, Brown Shell uh, are they going to be the starters? Um, and then uh, the starters at at uh, Garter, Jackson, and Lewis. I really have high hopes for this offensive line, the way it's shaping up, especially if Dwayne Brown gets extended, which of course he will as soon as we end the podcast. But yeah, um, I, I really I mean, just just having D- uh, Damian Lewis back alone last night made a huge difference. Yeah, I think, and I like Gabe Jackson too. I think. I, I do like that offensive line. They got to stay healthy because after the starters, it's a little suspect. I mean, you know, you got a you know a few guys, but um, 
it needs they need to need to be taking their vitamins and stretching out before games for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, we'll end with uh, so Dwayne Brown is still doing his holding in and and not playing, and there's two weeks, and I don't care if he played preseason because just like every other starter. He, risking him to injury is much worse than having him have a few reps in preseason, but he's still doing his holding in. I don't know how much the Seahawks want to extend him past this year. Maybe he'll be okay with next year at $10 million a year, and maybe they bring him back and extend him before week one. To me, he's he's the much more important player than Quandre Diggs because to me, Marquise Blair could have a home where Diggs is playing. I'm not saying Blair's as good as Diggs because Diggs was great last year, but I can see Blair replacing Diggs and being next to Jamal Adams. And I'd be okay with that. If Diggs wants to hold in or whatever it is, then, I mean, I, I, I want him back on the field, but of the two, Brown's the more important one, and I think I'd be okay without Diggs at this point anyway. Yeah, and I don't know that Diggs is going to get any more money anywhere else, and and we do have other players to replace that spot, And but Brown is – we don't. <laughs> it yeah. is a much more important – much more important position. Um, he's got a little more leverage. I, you know, Diggs, like, I don't – I agree with you. It's – you know, we've got some uh, – some other folks back there that can fill that spot, you know, maybe not 100% replacing, but um, yeah, I think we'll be all right. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, Blair is still probably going to get more reps at, uh, at nickel corner with Amadi, but the way they have their cornerbacks now where it's not like there's a bunch of Richard Sherman and, and Brandon Browner types. I mean, we have a lot of smaller cornerbacks who could play nickel if they, if they needed to, so if Diggs isn't there, Blair's just more of a safety along with Ryan Neal. I'm not sure how bad Neal's injury is. So. Um, but Blair back at safety and Amadi, if Amadi gets hurt or something, can't play nickel, then one of those other corners is going to be able to step up. So I'd, I'd be okay with that. But either way, you know, as soon as, like I said, as soon as we end this podcast, major changes will happen in the Seahawks organization and, and we'll have to wait until next week because Pete – he hates us. I think that's that's the case. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we'll have a show next week, but we just won't have a preseason game to talk about. So, Kevin, as always, you have the final two words. Go Hawks! Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.